Morning, everyone. Good morning. Um, my name's Eleanor. I am the associate vicar here. Um, and it's really good to be able to think this morning about Jesus being the King of Kings. But before we go any further, we're going to watch a video. And uh, just a, a, a word to say that this video was made for yesterday. So when you hear the word will be, just uh, change those for was. Okay? Let's um, run this video and um, you'll see what I mean. On the 6th of May, 2023, King Charles III will be crowned as King. He is the 40th monarch to be crowned at Westminster Abbey. The first one was William the Conqueror, who was crowned all the way back in 1066. Lots of the traditions in a coronation have stayed the same for hundreds of years. During the ceremony, the King makes promises to serve. He is anointed with oil. He is given precious objects. And then he is crowned. And we might expect that a king with so much fame and power would demand that we serve him. But King Charles has promised to use his life serving us. When his mother, Queen Elizabeth II, died, he honoured her life of serving others. And then he said, Wherever you may live, and whatever may be your background or beliefs, I shall endeavour to serve you with loyalty, respect and love. But King Charles isn't the only king who has chosen to serve. The Bible tells us that there is a king of the whole universe who has come into the world to serve us, King Jesus. Jesus said he did not come to be served, but to serve. And he showed it again and again as he healed the sick, as he ate with outcasts, and ultimately as he died on the cross to pay the price for all that we've got wrong. King Jesus is our true and forever servant king. And the coronation is full of things that remind King Charles and us that this is true. The king is given the sovereign's orb, a golden globe topped with a cross. It was made in 1661. As we look at this, we can remember that Jesus is the true king over all the world. He also receives two scepters, golden rods with a cross and dove on top. These are based on shepherd's crooks. As we see them, we can remember King Jesus, the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep. Finally, the king is crowned with St. Edward's crown. It is topped with a cross, decorated with 444 jewels and weighs almost two and a half kilograms. When we look at this incredible crown, we can remember King Jesus. His crown was not made of jewels, but made of thorns, as he came to serve us by dying in our place. As we celebrate the coronation of King Charles III, let us also celebrate that Jesus is our true and forever servant King. And let us pray for King Charles, that God would help him as he seeks to serve us. 
To be honest, I could just leave it at that, couldn't I? It's brilliant, isn't it? Really helpful video, reminding us of some of the imagery that we see, um, we saw even, <laughs> um, at the coronation yesterday. But we're going to have a look a little bit in more detail at a couple of things. So let's pray before we go any further. Heavenly Father, we thank you for that reminder in that video of the imagery of what we saw in the coronation yesterday. But most of all, Lord, we thank you that Jesus is King of Kings. And we ask as we think about that this morning, that you'd help us uh, to see you, Jesus, King of Kings. Amen. So I'm guessing most of us watched the coronation yesterday. There may be some of us that didn't. That's absolutely fine. Don't worry. Um, I'm not going to do a quiz or, or anything like that. But I don't know what, what you thought about it, but I was amazed that, you know, there's so much music and singing, lots of applause, there was flag waving, there were crowds, there were guests of honour from all around the world, including Anton Deck. thought that was interesting in itself, but anyway, um, and, and the words of this psalm feel a little bit like what we saw yesterday, because this is a psalm that is celebrating the victory of a great king. Now, originally, maybe it meant um, a, a king like Jehoshaphat. Glad I pronounced that correctly. Um, but surely, when we read it, when, we, when you heard those words, maybe uh, you could see the prophetic nature of this psalm, celebrating the victory of a Messiah, of a king, the promised one, whom we know as Jesus, King Jesus. And there's so much in this psalm. We could read about a king who reigns over the nations, who chooses our inheritance, who is the one who's the most honoured around the world. But actually, what I feel that I can see, particularly in this psalm, is that the biggest thing in this psalm is that there is a call to praise. All the way through, there's this imagery of praising God. I want to think this morning about why, about who this psalm is calling us to praise, and of course I believe that is Jesus, and why. So I've got two points this morning that might help us. Firstly, I want us to think about the fact that Jesus is a humble servant. Now we don't really see this in this particular psalm, but of course elsewhere in scripture we do. The Bible says that although Jesus was God, he didn't brag about it. He didn't run around saying, I'm God, look at me, and you're not. Instead, we read in the Bible that he humbled himself, that he took on the very nature of a servant, that he came to serve and even to die. Look at these words from Philippians chapter 2. Who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage, Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And when we look at Jesus' life, we know that he lived a life of service. He washed um, his followers' feet. He ate meals with those others would have walked away from, the outcasts, as we heard it in that video. And ultimately, he gave his life for every single one of us. I wonder, did anyone hear the first words that King Charles said in his coronation? Anyone notice what they were? Anyone notice? Well, let me show you what he said. He said this, I come to serve, not to be served. Isn't that amazing? That's what he said. Now, of course, he didn't just make those words up. Those words come straight 
from the words of Jesus. In Mark chapter 10, verse 45, Jesus says this, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Those are amazing words that Jesus said. Just think about what that means. That even though Jesus is the ultimate king, the king of kings, he came to serve and to give his life for us. His life was to show us just how much God loves us, enough to die for us. So King Charles said he came to serve. But in doing so, he was doing it because he was following Jesus, who didn't just come to serve, but to give his life for us. He came as a humble servant. And I don't know about you, but one of the most powerful images in the service yesterday was when King Charles was knelt um, without his robes, waiting to be anointed. It was just such a, a beautiful image of humility. But of course, we need to look to Jesus to see a, a, the better, the most amazing picture of humility, a humble king who came to serve. I love what the Archbishop of Canterbury said. He said, service is love in action. Isn't that exactly what Jesus is? Isn't that exactly who Jesus is? Love in action. So that's my first point, that Jesus is a humble servant. Secondly, he is the most important king. And um, in true Eleanor fashion, I'm going to try and do a visual aid. <clears throat> So I want us to think about some of the things that are really important. Now, I'm going to put Jesus in the middle because that makes sense, doesn't it? Jesus. What other things? Shout some things out that are important in our lives. Food. Food. Excellent. That's important. Yes, next. Bed. Bed. Absolutely. I agree with that. Anyone knows me? I am not a morning person. Next. Drinks. Yeah, is that what you said? Brilliant. Love. Okay, brilliant. Pardon? Tea. Tea. Oh, that's really good. I, I would say coffee, but you know. Shelter. That's a good one. Yep. Yep. Oh. Friends. Brilliant. That is, it's an interesting list. Um, <laughs> that is, oh, I put friend. Let's put S at the end. And that is people rather than a television program. Although, I quite like the television program. That's another story. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to tear all of these up. Hopefully. <laughs> Not make too much of a mess here. Oh. I'd just like to say I have practiced this, in case you're wondering. And I'm going to put them all in this basket here. And I'm going to tear these ones up as well. And we, remember, we're thinking about... What is the most important thing here? So, and then in a moment, I'm going to ask my glamorous assistant, Andy, to come and um, be my glamorous assistant, in fact. So, this is where it hopefully will work and not go wrong. That could be really bad, couldn't it? Right, Andy, would you like to come up? And I just want to ask you, can you just mix those up for me? Because at the moment, Jesus is on the top, and that would be cheating. And I'm not going to look. I'm not. I'm going to turn away. I'm going to turn away. 
Right, yeah? yeah? So I'm going to ask Andy to stand behind me. You've got to hold it quite low, because I'm not very tall. I've got heels on, but that doesn't, where, where's the basket gone? So what I'm going to try and do is find the one. That's not it. I'm going to find the one that says, not that one, Jesus on it. No, it's not. Oh, hang on. Oh, I think it might be that one. It's not. No, okay. <laughs> It's not that one. I'm going to help you discover what is the most important thing. I think it might be that one. Right, okay. I think the most important one is Jesus. There we go. <clears throat> Thank you very much. I did that without any help whatsoever there. Did you notice how good I was at that? <clears throat> the most important person, the most important thing in the world is Jesus. thing is, Charles is an earthly king, and as such, he is important, but he won't do everything right, will he? He will make mistakes. He will say things that aren't helpful, but Jesus is the king of kings. That means that he is the greatest king, the king over all other kings, over all other rulers, the most important ever. Yet as well as being the most important ever, he is, as we've already seen, the humble servant king. Did you see the king having that huge crown put on his head? I have to say, I really felt for the Archbishop of Canterbury. They don't teach you how to do that sort of thing at vicar school. And there he was, having to put this massive crown, which in the video it said nearly 2.5 kilos. I have it on authority. It's about 2.23 kilograms. Um, still a lot of, it's still heavy, isn't it? Placing that crown on the king's head. That is like having quite a big sack of potatoes, bag of potatoes put on your head, or a couple of bags of sugar. Can you imagine having that put on your head and carrying that round? And of course, that's a reminder, isn't it, of the responsibility, the weight of responsibility. Yet Jesus wore a crown like no other. It didn't weigh anything like King Charles's crown crown, but it did so much more. Jesus wore a crown made of thorns, a crown which visibly shows just what Jesus would go through, the weight of what he would go through, the pain and the suffering, because he came to be the best king ever. So as we think about Jesus being the king of kings today, let's remember that he came to be a humble servant and yet the most important king forever. And so surely we should live a life of worship to the king of kings, Jesus, because he's our humble servant and the most important king. As I was writing this talk, um, I was... um, I watched the coronation first. I thought that would be a good idea. Um, And then I was sat in my study, but I had the television on still in the living room. And as I was sat there writing, I could hear what was going on um, with all the sort of processions afterwards. And in the background, I heard the national anthem a number of times. I heard music. I heard cheers. And it reminded me that Jesus deserves so much more than that. He deserves everything we are. And this psalm that Liz read to us reminds us of the call to worship, to worship whom we know to be the King of Kings, Jesus. And this isn't on special occasions like yesterday, but let's face it, every day should be a coronation day 
for Jesus. And I wonder, do we live like that? Do we live as if every day is a coronation day for Jesus? Because he deserves to be crowned our king, the king of our lives, every single day. Maybe that's a challenge for us this week as we wake up to say, Jesus, I crown you as my king today. So we're going to uh, pray. We're going to pray to the King of Kings, the one who is our humble servant, the one who is um, our majesty. And as you can see, HM, King Jesus, his majesty, King Jesus. Let's pray. And then we're going to um, sing um, a song which reminds us more about that. So let's just pray for a moment before we sing. King Jesus, we thank you that you are our majesty, that you are king of kings and lord of lords. We thank you that you came as a humble servant and that you are the most important king ever. Help us to crown you king of kings every day, to worship you with all of ourselves to be thankful for you, to praise your name, King Jesus. Amen.